When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by the InfluenceAlliance.com, the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says your dream can only go as far as your team. And joining me on today's show is Susan Gygax. Now, Susan, she is the founder of Spectrum. Spectacle Talent Partners. Spectacle Talent Partners is a specialty recruiting firm that provides tailored full service recruiting. Now, they help online business owners make their next sales, marketing, or operations hire without having to worry about making a mistake or spending time talking to the wrong people. I know we all have horror stories about when that happens. Susan is here to help us. Now, specifically on today's show, she's going to share what we must ask a contractor before we hire them, what to do or how to know when we're ready to hire an employee and how to avoid making a hiring mistake and so much more. Welcome to the show, Susan. Hello. Thank you so much, Amory. Such a privilege. And I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited that you're talking about this particular topic and that we can tap into your expertise. I mean, this is an area that I'm sure many and many of your clients and many entrepreneurs I know having to navigate around expanding their team, knowing when they're ready to hire a team, the right team, uh, all of that. And then you know, there's these horror stories where they have invested time to hire someone and it ends up going sour. But as we know, when we're growing our businesses, we are only, I love what we've said in the beginning, which is one of your quotes, your dream can only go as far as your team. We cannot build a profitable, scalable business on our own. So uh, what is it that attracted you to that industry? Tell a little bit of your backstory, if you would. Oh, sure. So, um, I'm one of five children. We all grew up working in our family's restaurant and I'll circle back to that in a moment. But I went to college not knowing what I wanted to do at all. And then I temped back home in Connecticut at um, a company, a bank in their HR department and I fell in love. So after school, I was an HR generalist and then took a turn into talent acquisition and stayed there for over 20 years uh, in corporate talent acquisition. At the last 10 years or so, I was the leader at very high growth companies. These are multi-million, multi-billion dollar companies, but they struggled to have a talent acquisition function that kept up with their growth. Mm -hmm. So I would come in and help them develop 
best practices, create policies, procedures. I helped develop a team that was very high performing because many times at these companies, the, the recruiters are just go, 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 try and fill. And it becomes a very transactional relationship with stakeholders. But the goal is to move them into very much a trusted advisor capacity. Uh, so I loved it, loved all of that, learned mm -hmm. so much. Um, but then I had that thing that so many of your uh, listeners will probably relate to, which is that discontentment. Not in a bad way in the sense of I was unhappy with my work or even that I had anything necessarily wrong, but I had that thing that said there's something next. And as I reflected on that, my aha moment went all the way back to my parents' business, where we would work, all of us worked in the restaurant. We would get phone calls at 4.30 in the morning on a Saturday. Somebody's not coming in, come down to work. And I watched my parents build a business that they loved. I watched them serve with integrity. I watched them. They never talked about the other guy, their competition, which there were a few in town. And I realized if I could take everything that I knew about recruiting and talent attraction and package it up as a gift to my parents, I would have changed their life. Oh, I would have unchained them. And that's a strong word, but I would have unchained them from the life that they lived as business owners into something very different. And so that's that's why I do what I do. Oh, I love that. And just hearing you share that story from the moment that, uh, you know, as you said, younger years, you grew up in your and working within your family's business, you can see certain things. It's such a great training ground, doesn't it? And as you're learning things um, in your own career, you can reflect back and see we would have been able to do that far more differently. The fact that you're also able to bring, you know, big business, if you will, strategies and principles and put them through to a lens of small business into the small business, I think is so important because every hire, like you, if you think about big business, there's a lot of more people on the chain. But in small business, we have smaller teams, which means the resources, the talent we have really need to be on point. Otherwise, it can end up becoming even more of an issue, firefighting, you know, and all those things, which the business leader, the CEO really does not have time for. So when we're thinking about the the fact that we need a team member what are some of the things that are happening way before that even so that we can start to say i need to put aside time to start thinking about my first hire way before the time that i need that what are some of the signs yeah that's a great question and this goes back to strategy and i know you talk a lot about strategy for your listeners whether it's their business strategy or, or being heard and seen as part of their marketing strategy and podcast strategy. And when it comes to our people decisions, strategy plays a significant role because the folks that are experiencing frustration, overwhelm, we would all love it if we thought, oh, I have more business than I can handle. But that means you've actually waited too long to hire. So those indicators around how we're feeling about our business, sometimes it looks like we have many hats and we're wearing all the hats. And what we don't realize is by existing in a business through those three primary stages, which I'll, I'll talk about in a moment, beyond their usefulness, we actually, as CEOs of our business, impose our own glass ceiling of growth. 
So the first stage of business being proof of concept. And those are those early years where we're just figuring it all out. And many times we're by ourselves. Many times we'll hire a contractor. And I support CEOs at that stage. But as we move from proof of concept to active growth, we have to be able to take our seat as the CEO of our business and be able to elevate and work on our business more than we're working in our business. Come out of that implementer because many times CEOs are doing the thing that they love and they've been doing it and that's okay, but we have to be comfortable toggling up to the strategy idea and be able to navigate um, working on our business and our people strategy is such a critical component of our overall uh, business strategy. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how you support uh, business owners hiring that contractor and and some of the things I'd love to focus on. Some businesses don't realise that there are incredible talented individuals that can be hired as part of a contractor. We don't necessarily need to hire them full time, but that gives them the support that will enable them to focus on the the, the revenue building, you know, the growth building uh, strategies in, in their business and tasks in their business. What are some things that need to be in place that would enable a CEO to have that first hire, say is more that contractor? Because I'm sure that you see uh, individuals CEOs hiring a contractor, but it's not supporting business growth because there's things that haven't been put into place first. What are things that we need to look out for? Yeah, it's a great question. So many times folks are hearing, uh, hire somebody for the thing you don't want to do. And while that's not necessarily horrific advice, (laughs) it does leave out a couple of very key components. So one of the things, one of the first things I do for folks who are in those early stages of their business is a simple assessment tool that's unique to Spectacle Talent Partners. I call it the one hire multiplier. And what we do is connect the dots from the revenue goals that they have to what needs to be done in their business in order to achieve those revenue goals. So by connecting those dots, We create confidence, we create clarity as to what somebody needs to do, and then we also create a sense of urgency. There are some very practical things that we want to think about. So early stages of business, we oftentimes have ebbs and flows to our our clients. I call it a little bit of that client volley. It feels like you win one or you lose a couple and you get a couple or you're really busy and then you slow down. All of these are indicators that you're ready to hire a contractor. Another practical consideration is having money in the bank. So we want to make sure that we're not expecting a contractor to turn it around like that. While you're going to hire a specialist, you want to make sure that you have a little bit of breathing room and a little bit of readiness to bring somebody into your business. But the essence of a contractor relationship is really an exchange. It's very transactional. So whether it's something that's a one-time need, like creating a website or developing a launch strategy or creating a course, all of those things are good reasons to bring in a contract to do something significant that you can very clearly connect the dots to your increased revenue. Other times, it's things like the administrative backend, billing or community management or some of the other caretaking of our clients outside of our particular zone of genius. Mm. So all of these 
indicators around being able to have a conversation that we're ready to hire uh, a contractor for a specific period of time. And while that is different for everybody, because we all have a unique business, it's important to think about that in a way that puts you in a position to understand what those deliverables are, which is one of the other important things we'll talk about interviewing your contractors, which is something not enough people do, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and being able to make sure you're finding the right person with the right outcomes for your business. It's so true. I love the way that you've said you work with someone to actually identify the need for them with the one hire multiplier, as you were saying, because so often we hear, as you said, you need a VA, you need a VA. So you think, well, I need a VA. But actually, if you would go through that assessment, you need a specialized person in this particular area. And I know so many of us, and I've done this myself, where you've implemented something which was a right strategy but wrong timing for you or right person, right hire, but wrong timing for you. And I think when we allow and, and see that growth phase, what are the things that we need to do right now? Once that's in place, then that opens up to, to this particular area too. Let's talk about uh, some of those things. And I love what you've said here. What must I ask a contractor before I hire them? So let's start talking about this. Yeah, and this is actually set up through the assessment tool because once we have a really clear picture about the work that needs to be done in order to achieve those revenue goals, we can do away with all of the marketing <laughs> that sometimes I think can get confusing. Um, it also minimizes, well, I like them or they seem nice or some of these other qualifiers for especially for big hearted creatives, big hearted business owners who, who while we need to keep that part of our uh, beautiful soul available, we also have to marry that with our analytical mind. So asking very specific questions about outcomes that they have already achieved for other clients. Uh, asking them, them very specific questions about deliverables, time frame, even ask them specific questions about offboarding. Because I, I'll share an example of my own. Um, I was looking for a contractor to help with some Facebook ads. Pretty straightforward. I knew what I wanted. I went through my own assessment. And I talked to, I had five interviews scheduled. The first four, in probably five minutes, I knew they weren't the right person because they couldn't ask what I determined very important questions, very straightforward questions. So greater, better questions, get better answers, right? So we got to start with good questions. And that's what I help folks do. The fifth person, in the same amount of time, it was very strong indicators that he was the right person because he had answers to my outcome questions. He understood deliverables. He was able to sh share with me very specific outcomes that he received for other clients. So the process became relatively quick and easy, and I had a high degree of confidence before I hired him. And a colleague of mine actually had an experience where she wanted to offboard her VA, and we looked at her contract, and I gave her some guidance as to the best way to make that separation because it is not easy. It's not pleasant. Um, 
but it needs to be done as CEO. And how do we transition that person out and transition somebody in? So I've even helped people do that through the process at times, simply because depending on where we find ourselves in our business, we need to make sure that we're moving um, forward um, for both of us. One of the things I encourage people with is when we have somebody in our business who's misaligned with our business, we're actually taking up space in their world for them to shine brilliantly someplace else. Yeah. Because chances are put that. I love the way you put that. You know, I remember having a conversation many years ago with one of my colleagues who what she did was support businesses for um, data collection. So she would ring up their clients who had outstanding fees, which was so good because as service providers, it's awful if you have got to ring up a client and say, look, I'm sorry, your bills, uh, have, your bill has, still hasn't been paid. So I'd imagine that having someone such as yourself that can be that interim, if it's a conversation that you find difficult, having someone like yourself supporting the team, that's a conversation that you can have because someone in the wrong hire, in the wrong role, uh, if you leave that too long, uh, the problem solving or the fires that you need to put out, so to speak, can end up being far more uh, worse, isn't it, the longer you leave it. Now, you said something, the better the question, the better the answer, Mm -hmm. the better the systems and processes and clarity of what you expect from that new team member, the better they are able to function in their role. How much would you say uh, that maybe we're talking about, you know, bad hires, how much of that is the fact that maybe as a CEO, maybe as a business, we don't have the right systems in place and therefore the new team member is struggling because they don't really know what they're meant to be doing. Is that still a big issue that you see? At times, absolutely. And this comes back to a little bit about the stage of the business that they're in. And it also comes down to uh, how robust of a process that they have. It's not a horrible idea if a business owner who very quickly moved from proof of concept to active growth to not have all of their systems documented, their SOPs and all of that, if they find, in this case, a VA who can do that on their behalf, and it's very clear what those expectations are in terms of time frame, level of detail, all of that. And sometimes it's actually... Therapeutic isn't the right word, but it's it's refreshing for the CEO to be able to say, here's the outcome that I'm looking for. What's the best way you think we should do that? And then there's sort of a coming together and a complementary exploration there um, yes. through that process. So yeah. there, there, as it is with all of our businesses, our businesses should be the most authentic reflection of ourselves. So there isn't one correct way to do it per se, but again, getting those, that clarity up front and the confidence to ask those questions will lead you to the path of the highest probability of finding the right person for their unique business, for your unique business. Yeah, which is so important, particularly, as you say, with a contractor, they're most likely also uh, dealing with other clients as well, and that's their business. So you want to make sure that it's a win-win for for both parties. Okay, so now we've got some contractor, maybe a few, maybe we're hiring some for a specific job, maybe someone that's supporting us as a VA, then we're starting to see that business growth. And we're moving to that stage of 
you know, maybe now I need to hire someone full time. So how do we know what are the, again, the key signs that maybe just maybe you are positioned to now think about hiring someone like an employee? Yeah. So from a practical perspective, from the financial perspective, you've moved out of that client value we mentioned or some of that, and you have a pretty predictable stream or streams, as some uh, entrepreneurs do, of income. And that's a very clear indicator that you've reached that stage where you have the opportunity to bring somebody on board. In the financial realm, we also want to make sure we have as we do with the contractor money in the bank. With the employee, three months is the is number. Actually, uh, Mike Malkowitz in his uh, Profit First book jotted that in there. And I thought that, you know what, he, he said it and I agree. And so I've just used that for folks to be able to help them understand that the difference between hiring a contractor and employee is while with a contractor you're asking, what can I get? because it's very transactional. With the employee, the question you're asking is, what can I share? So the mindset needs to change. If you realize not only do you have money in the bank, but you have a readiness to, to delegate to a lieutenant or a second in command or a, a partner that you're ready to link arms with, because many times it's a mindset thing. Even yes. if we have money in the bank, we hold it very closely. It's our baby. We built it. We blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> created it. Who's going to take care of it like I am? Nobody. But you could empower somebody to bring their brilliance on systems or marketing or operations or community management or launch strategy. I mean, all of these things, we have these beautiful opportunities to bring somebody on board. Um, so that would be the mindset, ready to share. That would be the practical around the financials, a steady stream or streams of revenue and having money in the bank. Because the third thing um, that we wanna make sure that we do is start to start to lay out what that might look like. And it could just be a brain dump in a Google doc, things, things that you sort of have floating in your head. Um, and when you're ready to hire an employee, uh, having that understanding of what a full-time job looks like um, in the market relevant to your business is a really key conversation to have, which is myself as a hiring strategist, I sit at that intersection of the market, the business, and the position because some people I've read job descriptions and I thought, there's no way you're getting one of those. It doesn't. <laughs> You know, me. <laughs> I want to hire that person for my own business, isn't it? So, so we, you, you want to start to have these conversations around. You know, it can be a stretch. Like you can say, "Here's what I need today," and I want somebody who can grow and develop, and their career progression with me. Yes, that's beautiful. Um, but we have to be a little bit practical about what actually we can get, and you know. In the U.S., for example, the market sets the salary. The market has a lot to say about that. And we have very little control over the market's reaction. Um, and so as a business owner, we have to understand that that piece of it. So um, those would be the things I would say in terms of getting yeah, ready so to move important. into that. 
Yeah. And you mentioned something and I want to pick up on this because I know a lot of entrepreneurs, they are creatives. They've got great, uh, you know, programs and, and offerings and continuously, you know, the, the visionary. And so having someone alongside that can do some more of the, the follow through the project, the implementation is, is so important. And I, I want to speak into some of the things that, again, we need to be mindful of, you know, if we can avoid doing some of these things and we may not even realize that we're falling into these traps I think we can save a lot of people a lot of time and, and heartache and and money obviously investing in maybe the wrong person so what are some things that you see again that we need to be mindful of because sometimes we can go the opposite extreme where you you were saying be willing to share be willing to hand over the reins is there such a thing as being too willing like some of the things that as a CEO we should always maintain control Control over because giving too much um, authority in aspects of the business is is going too far. There's the things. Is there a balance between that? What are things we need to be aware of? Absolutely, absolutely. This, this is a very important point, Emery. We never want to abdicate our role as CEO. So what that would look like in practical terms is you are basically doing. The one thing in your zone of genius, let's say it's a creative who runs a large coaching program and they have ongoing cohorts and they're very busy and they're very engaged and they get lots of great feedback from all of their clients and that's the place that they live and exist. But if you ignore everything else happening in the back of your business, your profit, your revenue, expenses, any type of marketing, sales, or operations, all that stuff that makes up that beautiful behind-the-scenes work that happens. If you don't at least have an awareness and some checks and balances in place from a systems and a um, um, permissions perspective, mm-hmm. anybody is going to get, and, and this is a a little bit of a strong word, but most CEOs will will expect more out of an employee than is reasonable. Yeah. And they will start to rely on them more and more. And that's dangerous on both sides yeah. um, to rely on somebody more and more. If it starts to creep into areas that are not their zone of genius, mm-hmm. they can become resentful. If they're not getting communication and feedback from you, it can be a challenge or if they're just simply overextended and you're expecting them to do much more than whatever is the job that was laid out. So regular communication is critical and there should be regular deliverables weekly, monthly, quarterly at the very least that you are both accountable to each other for, right? So that you can start to create this, synergy um, where it's not just you plus one equaling two, it's you plus one equaling three, because that's what happens as we create these high-performing teams is we become much more than we could on our own Mm -hmm. and they feel valued, supported, empowered. They have an appropriate degree of autonomy. Uh, So all of these things play into, again, our business strategy and who we are. But being mindful of those things as we become a CEO um, 
has everything to do with whether somebody's successful or, or not in our business as mm-hmm. an employee. You know, because one of the things that, uh, you know, as as CEOs and business owners, I mean, my background has been in bookkeeping and I learned the the manual way. So we were doing profit and losses and trial balances the manual way. So there was two businesses uh, that I have worked with when I did a bit of forensic accounting, two of their VAs, well, they weren't VAs, they were actually PAs, they're bookkeepers, PAs, had absconded the money. You know, I'm talking tens of thousands. Oh, my goodness. And there were no checks and balances in these trusting CEOs. I mean, we don't want to go, Oh, you know, no one wants to go with a a jaded, untrustworthy, you know, we want to, to be able to trust our staff. But I think what you're saying is, look, there is trust there, but there has to be checks checks and balances to keep you safe to you know to 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 be able to to manage that so there's that aspect but there's also another aspect too because this is a lesson that I learned years ago when I was in the career industry so I trained up a VA and she was doing so many different areas of my business till one day she emailed me and she said look I'm so sorry but I just wanted to let you know that I am moving on And she said, I've been reading the articles that you've been posting about how to find a purposeful career and living your purpose. I'm not living my purpose in my VA and so role. And so the next time I hired a VA, I said, just post those articles. Do not read them. (laughs) It really goes to show similarly, as we know in business, if we put 80% of our customer base in one you know, one area, one client, if that client changes, the whole, our whole business, you know, really is is threatened. So similarly with team as well, isn't it? We need to make sure that what we have in place, if suddenly a team member were to decide, look, I want to move on, there are those systems in place that we can bring someone on that they don't take away and walk away, if you will, with all of the, the, you know, the information in their in the head, you know, with them. So these are all things that we need to be mindful of, isn't it, as we're expanding team? Yeah. And when we're creating that people strategy, it's very important to ask the question, what, not who? Many times our brains go to maybe a business we had prior or our current business or experiences in other industries, maybe corporate and we very quickly say, oh, okay, so I need this person, I need this person. And we sort of have a preconceived notion about what that would look like. And again, while that may be, may be a functional business strategy, it, it removes the question about what's going to serve you, the CEO, most effectively, while also putting appropriate protections in place. Because as you said, if you build a business and a, or a job description or a position around a person because of their certain capabilities, you have a single point of failure in your business. And so you have to understand what, and then start to have those conversations around what do they want to do next? What do they see themselves doing? They may say, you know what? I've been doing all of the administrative and billing work, but I really want to be a launch strategist. That might be phenomenal. But unless we are having these development conversations, we might know that. So we get to grow somebody within the, the function of our business, keep that intellectual property, keep all of that experience in-house, let them grow and develop in a way that's authentic to them. Yeah. And we can just fill another what the person was doing Perfect. rather than a who, what the person was. 
You know, one of the lessons I learned years ago uh, was, you know, document, document, document. And I love the way that you've said work with someone, maybe if you haven't documented. And as the role starts to, you, you have the outcome and the role functionalities and the tasks come to light, get them to document, train it, and then put it up in a training portal. And I've been doing that uh, ever since. So I've, I've kind of got two different online portals, one for head office uh, and then others for, for some of the, the VAs. Now, I just I hired onboarded this week an intern. So what I ended up doing was copying the whole site, removing a lot of the other stuff that passwords and things that they don't necessarily need to know. But it's streamlined and every morning, you know, I might record something else and then upload it to that. Once you start documenting these systems, as you know, the what, then the person can fit into that and you can continue to, to expand. And it doesn't require a lot of your time, you know, to do to do that. Um, and then you can hire someone else. You might have, have a VA that can do that for you. These are the sorts of things that once we start implementing, gives us more freedom, doesn't it, to be able to um, do what we want to do and obviously focus. But I know that we have only just scratched the surface, Sue. And so uh, share a little bit more about some of the things that you can support people with, because this is so important, and then how best to connect with you. Sure. Yeah, I would love to. So if you are an online business owner, coach, consultant, creative, big hearted, but also analytical, you understand you need support in your business. I can help you by giving you confidence and clarity, um, whether it be a contractor um, or maybe even two, just depending on where folks are at. Um, and then helping you understand how to transition out of being a contractor, uh, C CEO with contractors to a CEO with employees. So at each phase of the business, whether you're in proof of concept, early stages, active growth, or even sustained growth, I work one-on-one -on -one with CEOs to help them bring in a contractor or an employee because all of that is part of hiring the team for their dream. So I love to do that. Um, and the best way to get a hold of me is um, at my email address, Susan at SpectacleTalentPartners.com. And my website is there too, Spectacle Talent Partners. The heart for me of what I do is that we want to create something that's memorable. We want to create something that has impact. And the people are the most impactful thing outside of ourselves and what we do, what we bring um, as part of our uh, um, businesses. That is the most important uh, business decision we can make is the people oh, that we so bring alongside us. Yeah, it's so important. Uh, I mean, I've, I've got a number of, uh, well, one VA, she's really my online business manager and, um, you know, there's things that she does that, yeah, we really wouldn't be able to operate without and then team behind so that if something, you know, is something she's not able to do, then I've got team to be able to um, support that. But it, it's important. I, there's just no way we could do it on our own. And I love the way that you've got different offerings. You also can do that. I think a, 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 like a VIP day where you work with someone to be able to even get it out of their head. It's like, oh, I know that I need someone, but I don't even know where to start. And that's such a great option for you to start there. And uh, yeah, so thank yeah. you so much yeah. for coming on the show. My pleasure. So much fun. So much fun. Thank you so it much is. for the opportunity. Too, isn't it? When you get the right people around you with the right expertise, um, we don't have to figure it out 
all on our own and um, getting the support. So if you have a, if you're struggling with some of the things that you mentioned, you know, you've got a lot of clients, which is great, but you've hit that income ceiling, um, then I can highly recommend Susan and give her a call, reach out and have a conversation. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Amory. It was a blast. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's TheInfluenceAlliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.